Uh, yeah, hi. Welcome to um, the second chance director's commentary. I'm director Stephen Kessler, director of Vegas Vacation. Many of you know this is the fourth vacation movie in the La National Lampoon's. Uh, well, it's not really a trilogy. It's like a quad quadrilogy, uh, whatever you want to call it. Most of you also know it's probably one of the worst films in the uh, quadrilogy. Um, but, you know, uh, it's one of my finest films, mostly because it's my only film. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be here and I appreciate uh, Universal calling me up and being like, hey, uh, you want to do this podcast and talk about the film? You know, it is a 21st anniversary. Uh, the film was made this far in the, you know, grand history of films. And so, uh, you know, I'm proud to come back and, uh, you know, took a break from my uh, my pizza delivery job. Uh, you know, I'm doing all right. You know, I, after this film, I had some trouble uh, finding further work. But, you know, with a good economy, uh, you know, thanks to Obama, um, proud supporter of Obama. Thanks, man. Um, you know, got a job. Uh, you know, I was in some retail stuff for a while. Some uh, working in uh, the Warner Brothers studios um, in their store, uh, you know, selling um, you know, tourist things, but, uh, yeah, so you know, I'm proud to be back and you take a break from my news job, which is working at the Papa John's, uh, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're a great chain, uh, and, uh, to do this commentary. So thanks for joining me. I'm going to start the movie here. Uh, usually when they do these kind of director's commentaries, you sit in a personal kind of studio or, uh, you know, recording box. Uh, I'm just at home right now. Uh, I was sent the program, from anchor to like to like do this so i'm like okay so I, i'm pressing record i hope this works uh you know i did direct an entire film so i'm assuming i can do one of these damn podcasts so uh let's start the movie so this first scene opens up with uh you know chevy chase playing the infamous uh, clark griswold uh he's uh coming back from work here and I, I put the beach boys good vibrations in the background one of my favorite groups and one of my favorite songs i'm like you know what has everything to do with Chicago, where the film is based, and their vacation in Vegas? Uh, you know, I thought the Beach Boys, you know, so puts good, good vibration, a little comedy along the way. Uh, he's driving home, and he's so excited, looking at the pamphlet. He's like run over things, like the, the bike at the end, you know, it's real cool. So uh, here's his opening sequence in which he's going to come and talk to his family about wanting to go to Vegas. Uh, kind of a fun little thing that we do in these uh, vacation movies. I was told this uh, when I got the job that we had to have different actors for the kids uh, because in pre the, uh, the other three, which I've never seen before, uh, to be honest with you, but I was told that the uh, all the kids were played by different actors and actresses. So we had to kind of keep up with that trend. So Rusty here is played by Ethan Embry. Uh, you might recognize Ethan from uh, films like uh, Empire Records, one of my favorite, man. I mean, it's, it's a good one. And uh, Audrey's played by Marisol Nichols, who, uh, uh, you know, she's a cute girl. Don't didn't really recognize her from much. But when she came in uh, to audition, I was just like, yeah, yeah I mean, this, this girl's the one. Uh, later on, we have her cousin, Vicky. Vicky played by uh, Shu Delavery or something like that. Yeah, you know, she was a hot girl, too. So I made sure I included her. But, um, yeah. And then, of course, we have uh, Chevy here uh, playing Clark and Beverly D'Angelo playing his wife classic characters. We're going to land Quaid later on. So a lot of this, uh, this commentary here, I'm going to talk about what it was like to be on the set with these, uh, with these folks. I mean, uh, we had some good times. We had a lot of bad times, but uh, regardless, I mean, probably some of the finest times of my life, um, you know, outside the time when I worked at that Warner Brothers tour shop. I mean, that was pretty cool. So uh, as we get started here, I just want to, you know, what happened that I got this job and what's some of the background of the film. 
So when the studio decided that they want to make another vacation film, they wrote the script and everything, sent it out. They're trying for some, uh, you know, some some famous comedy directors uh, floating around, and unfortunately, they just couldn't get anybody uh, during this time, nineteen ninety seven, late nineties. Here, if uh, Chevy Chase was attached to a project, he was blacklisted, so no one really wanted to work with him uh, in fear that. You know, he would verbally or physically abuse them. So being desperate, they kind of had to come up with a creative way to find a director. So they, they put a bowl, uh, one of those like, like little fish bowls on the, uh, the front desk of the uh, Universal lot. And uh, essentially, if you're a director and want to be a director, you just put your business card in there. And then on a certain date, they're going to pull it out. And uh, sure enough, they chose mine. Uh, so I got the honor of directing this film. The, ironically, I was actually the second car chosen. The first one was Pauly Shore's. Uh, but the, the the card was for his new landscaping business, and he put it in there just as a thing that he's going to win like a free pizza or something. Uh, so he's like, "Nah, I'm not going to direct this. You know, I'm the weasel." So instead, they showed the second card, which was mine. And I'm like, "Hell yeah! I mean, I'll, I'll direct this thing. I mean, how hard is it to direct a film?" I directed some shorts and uh, you know things you never heard of before. But I'm like, I could do a full feature. I mean, uh, how difficult could it really be? So uh, yeah, so. They hired me. They got the cast on board. I helped choose some of the cast, including that hottie, uh, Marisol Nichols. She had a great rack. So I was like, yeah, I mean, she's going to please. She, she definitely had the emotional uh, perspective and, and, and dynamics for that role. Um, we were given a $10 million budget, which to me was so much money. Unfortunately, I had no idea just how quickly that money can go. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm looking back and I'm saying that uh, Wayne Newton, he's going to come on a little bit later. Uh, Wayne Newton has a big role in this film. He, and he charged $5 million to do it. Uh, we try to get some you know, smaller uh, Vegas performers, but they're all kind of expensive, too. So we just stuck with Wayne because he's written the script already. So we said, what the fuck? So uh, Wayne got $5 million of that $10 million. $1 million of it went to uh, Beverly D'Angelo's wardrobe. Uh, the woman's got a big, uh, some big bosoms on her and uh every time we'd buy her a dress we just had to do like three or four more fittings and that got expensive after a while so that, that adds up to about six there we gave three million to uh the salaries a lot of them went to chevy um so the other actors didn't get paid much in fact randy quaid f- literally worked for peanuts i know that's kind of a saying uh but when i kind of joked with him and said hey we can only pay you in peanuts he was like all right so randy quaid uh Physically got paid in, um, it was about five pounds of peanuts, maybe. Uh, actually, I think about 10 pounds of peanuts. And, and, and uh, you know, he, he really rationed those, put them in his cheeks and things. He didn't want to eat all of them at once. So after all of that, we were left with about a million dollars for actual filming. And some of these scenes, you're going to see they're cut kind of cheap uh, for that reason because we just ran out of budget. But we got creative with it. So just finished the scene in which Clark and uh, Ellen are, uh, they went to, they're on the plane and they went to the bathroom and tried to bang each other. It was kind of funny, you know. Uh, but really the, the best, one of my favorite parts of this movie here is when they actually arrived at Vegas. Uh, they got the, the blue on their collars and sleeves and things because of the, the explosion of the toilet. Funny shit, man. It's real funny shit. So we're arriving to Vegas. We got a limo. Now, again, we're short on budget here. So this is a rented limo. It's not one of the high-end ones. In fact, it broke down about seven times. We had a lot of problems with the limo. Uh, as they're driving through here, you're seeing clips of Vegas and all the different uh, hotels and things uh, in which they're you know, along the Vegas Strip, you could say. Kind of a fun uh, little just interesting fact for you here is that uh, Audrey is going to open up the windows because she can't get a view. And it's going to come out of that sunroof and uh, just enjoy the Vegas life. The comedy of it is that Clark accidentally closes 
that sunroof and lock kind of locks her in. That actually happened. I mean, I know it's just good acting on on uh, Marisol's part, but to be honest with you, it was a cheap limo, and just a lot of things were broken in it. You see the stains on the seats and stuff too. I'm pretty sure it's used for hookers. Uh, but she's going to get stuck in that window, and at first it's just a funny comedy bit. But once we pulled the car over after the filming, we could not actually get the window. Uh, to open. So she was stuck in there for a good seven hours, I would say, uh, the whole time. Everyone else is just kind of moving on. We kind of left her and some of the grips and tech guys had to smash the window and things. So later on, you're going to see this scene in which she has a big red mark along her stomach from that window. And that was a, that was real. That wasn't makeup or anything. So one of the things we're going to do throughout the movie is kind of detail some of the behind the scenes things that happen. A lot of them have to do with Chevy Chase. Uh, Chevy Chase has a reputation for being kind of a dick. And uh, to be honest with you, he is. He's a massive dick. Uh, so an example would be he picked a lot of fights throughout the the filming. Uh, this first scene here in which they enter the Mirage is uh, actress Julia Sweeney, which you may recognize from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, he walked up to her and just said, you look like a damn bitch. And uh, she slapped him across the face and then became fisticuffs. We had to separate the two. Uh, Julia did kick his ass, which we were kind of cheering her on for. Uh, but, you know, again, Chevy Chase, he's, he's, a, he's a class act. He's a great character actor. But, man, he's just a dick. A couple other interesting things, too, about this is uh, the previous films. Uh, the first one was, was rated R, that, that vacation movie. Uh, and then the Christmas Vacation European, they're with PG-13. For this one, the studio is like, hey, we need to make this more uh, marketable and family-friendly. So let's do a PG version. So we had to kind of edit things out later on because we didn't realize it. Uh, Chevy's got a bit of a mouth to him, and he swears a lot. So just throughout while you're watching it, whenever he says the word casino, uh, he actually is saying the word cock. Uh, but we had to kind of dub it over later on. So every time you hear him say casino, he's actually saying cock. Another time of this is whenever he says fun, like fun family vacation, he actually said fucker. Uh, so we had to kind of overdub that as well. But one of my favorites, I'm thinking, I'm forgetting some of the other ones we dubbed. It's been 21 years, but I know later on he's going to say the word radiation when they're uh, visiting Cousin Eddie. And uh, that one, he actually said rat's taint. And uh, we weren't quite sure if Rat's Taint is PG or PG-13 or R. So we just kind of dubbed it out and uh, put radiation instead. We thought it was pretty clever of it. But yeah, that Chevy Chase, he's, uh, he's got a bit of a mouth on him. So at this point, they've arrived at the hotel. Chevy puts, um, or I should say the character Clark, uh, puts $5 in a slot machine, wins $10, and thinks, oh man, you know, this is going to be a hell of a trip. Uh, you know, we all think that happens and it really doesn't. In reality, we all uh, watched Chevy Chase put $5 in and really get uh, zero out for like the first 20 minutes that we filmed it. So we just had to keep going over and over. Again, uh, that lost some of the other parts of the budget. So we were really strapped for cash here throughout this uh, piece. So the film is uh, taking place in the Mirage, and we did film it in the Mirage. They're nice enough to let us uh, come in and film. We couldn't actually afford to stay there, though. Again, we're short on budget. So all of us stay at the Tropicana down the street. They gave us a much better discount and a free buffet, too. So really helped out with the cast and crew getting that free buffet. Uh, most of the cast and crew stayed even further down uh, at the Excalibur. Uh, they were not given a free buffet. So, we, you know, we didn't really worry about them too much. I don't know what they did. Uh, but we were at the Tropicana. And uh, I got to say, they were, they were very gracious and a great host for us and everything. So we really appreciate it. In case you just joined him, Stephen Kessler, director of uh, V 
Vegas Vacation, my only film uh, I've ever directed. And uh, we're on to the scene here where Clark Griswold is taking a tour through the hotel or the casino for the first time. And he's sitting down playing blackjack. Uh, Randy Quaid's character, Cousin Eddie, one of my favorites, man. Uh, he comes and we probably use him as much as possible. Everyone loves Cousin Eddie. And this is before Randy Quaid got real weird. Uh, he was only mediocre weird at this point. Uh, if you look closely at his uh, wardrobe, you can see the peanuts in which we paid him. Uh, he did not feel safe leaving them back at the trailer or uh, the Tropicana where he was staying. So he packed a lot of them in his pockets, uh, just a snack on to, uh, you know, we can only get that free buffet once a day. So he really had to sup uh, supplement later on. So, uh, but he's great. And he's the only guy that Chevy Chase really got along with. They go way back during their SNL days and things. Uh, they all decided to go to Siegfried and Roy. This was a, uh, a real shitty scene, man. Uh, I'll be honest with you. We we filmed the live Siegfried and Roy show. They didn't even know they weren't going to allow us to do it. So we just put some video cameras in there and uh, really just bootlegged the whole thing. Uh, eventually, we did get them to, to film it later. So we just threatened, hey, like we already got the, the footage. Uh, if you see Siegfried and Roy here, Roy's got a massive cod piece. And I was like, whoa, uh, that's a gigantic cod piece. Um, Siegfried doesn't even speak English. Uh, we had to dub his, uh, his word. He has a, a line or two here. He speaks like Swedish or Icelandic or Australian, something, something like that. I just couldn't understand him. So we had to dub over his voice for you. Siegfried and Roy, uh, they were nice guys, but Chevy just didn't like them. I guess he was kind of jealous of their cod pieces or their hair or something. Maybe that they're going to be stars of the show. So he did get in a brawl with both of them. Uh, Siegfried and Roy, although they are flamboyantly gay men, they're real tough. Probably back from their uh, 80s days where they had to survive being you know, lavishly gay. And uh, they just whipped the shit out of Chevy Chase. And um, it was great. They kept punching him and calling him, uh, you know, little fairy girl and, uh, and fag boy. And, uh, you know, Chevy just uh, had to take it. And it was a great lesson for him uh, that you don't beat up on gay magicians like that. And this is, you know, early on uh, when gay bashing was OK, but they really stood up for themselves. I'm proud of them. It was, it was a good scene. It was a good scene. You know, I forgot that Roar got mauled by a tiger. That's that's unfortunate. He was a cool guy. Um, so we're, uh, we're going to fast forward here a little bit. I got to uh, get to my shift here in, a in about 45 minutes, so I don't have time to do this whole movie. Um, but I'm going to fast forward to a part where the family is going to go visit Cousin Eddie on the desert. Uh, they had that famous scene in which uh, he sees that hottie blonde from the other movies and she's got a baby. And, you know, I, I, I actually don't really get this. Apparently she's in other movies. I was just told to film it. Chevy kind of walked me through it, um, you know, after he punched me in the balls. Uh, as they arrive, it's a kind of a funny backstory here that uh, Cousin Eddie gets this piece of land from the government. Uh, from the VA, uh, you know, kind of a cool backstory with that. And it's just so miserably hot and there's so much radiation. So they, they cook the chicken on the rock and, uh, you know, they have a pit of snakes as pets for all the kids. Uh, you know, it was hilarious stuff and just real clever. That trailer with all the trash and stuff that really existed. Um, this is a, a, a trailer in which we found we're driving past and some like real weird family was living there. And we're like, hey, uh, we're low on dough. So if we, uh, you know, give you some 
buffet tickets that we got the Tropicana. Can we just film your place for a couple hours? And they're like, yeah, you know, uh, they're really nice. So they even gave uh, the crew some beer, some bush light and things. You can see one in Cousin Eddie's hand there. Um, Randy Quay really enjoyed the free beer. In fact, uh, he started shoving them in his pockets next to the peanuts. He had to sacrifice some peanuts for that, but he did get some free bush light out of it, which is really cool. And uh, he really enjoyed it. But yeah, this, so this trailer, again, it's, it is an actual family's trailer. Uh, some of the kids are part of the kid's family or the real family's kids. Uh, they were great sports and everything too. We just had them play in the background. Uh, the kid with all the piercings and stuff, that wasn't in the script, but their one son that was living there had that. And we're like, well, this is, this is fucking ridiculous. Let's, uh, let's get him in the movie. So, uh, you know, we put him, we put him in the front and said, you know, act like you can't talk. And, uh, you know, Chevy, uh, made fun of him for a little bit and it was great. There's some other things he said too about whether he had a, uh, um, a ring in his cock or, uh, you know, some crucifixes in his nipples. And then we got to get that PG-13. We really had to cut that out. Um, but this scene was, it was a lot of fun. It was about 125 degrees that day. Uh, we had some, some crew members pass out. Uh, but it's just kind of part of filming on, on scene like that. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, we gave him some Gatorade and things. Luckily, the family had a, a, a big batch he got from the Sam's Club. And they were like, hey, you know, give the guys some Gatorade so they don't die on us. The nearest hospital is like 50 miles down the road. So uh, the Gatorade saved the day, really. So this scene is brought to you by Gatorade, to be honest. We made it to the uh, Hoover Dam scene. Man, uh, Marisol's. Chesh just looks great in that scene. I forgot about that top. Um, oh, sorry. So, uh, yeah, we filmed this ad, the Hoover Dam. They didn't charge us or anything, which is really cool. They didn't really give us a full tour either. We kind of just filmed on the outside of it. Uh, but we did uh, get some great some great images and things. A lot of the set pieces you're going to see, uh, we had to film elsewhere, including the, the scene in which Clark kind of falls into the Hoover Dam. He's got to climb up that wall. Uh, yeah, we couldn't really do that. We couldn't afford that. And, and Chevy Chase is not as athletic as he thought. On top of that, we had a stunt guy who was going to do it, but Chevy beat the shit out of him. This was the one guy that Chevy beat the shit out of. And uh, it was just, he couldn't recover fast enough to be able to uh, to do the climb. So instead we went to the, the studios and uh, we built just a fake wall and said, hey, Chevy, you know, act like with a green screen, everything and make it work. And I got to tell you, it's probably one of Chevy's finest performances. He's uh, not that good of an actor. But when you put him on a wall and a green screen, he really just works his magic. I wish the Oscar community would have known that. After that damn Hoover Dam scene, <laughs> that was one of my favorite jokes in that scene. Uh, we're going to move on back to the hotel in which... Ellen's going to get a package from Wayne Newton. This is where Wayne Newton really shines throughout the movie. Uh, he was uh, he was he was fun. He was a good actor and singer and everything. I never really heard of him before. Apparently, the old ladies like threw their panties at him and shit. I, I, I don't know, but he's just some old guy and uh, he got casted. So I'm like, all right, let's do it. Uh, I mean, he should have done a good job. We gave him five million dollars, half the budget. So if he did anything less, I, I would have been real upset and said, hey, you got to at least feed the crew because they're starving. We're we're running low on on free buffet tickets. The scene where they're watching uh, him perform, that is really the stage in which he performs in Vegas. And, uh, you know, he was just, he sang up there, recorded. We got some good shots. He's got that gold microphone, uh, which is kind of a staple of Wayne Newton. He likes gold. He, he's, a, he's a big fan of the gold. Um, I'm getting some recollection here. I remember uh, Chevy Chase and Wayne Newton fought about seven times throughout filming. This may have been one of the first ones in which um, Wayne kept kind of, uh, you know, singing his song Don Cachet and shit. And Chevy Chase kept laughing at him and, and calling him, you know, like a little girly guy or, uh, you know, a little, little, 
uh, faggy. I think he kept calling him faggy, which isn't cool, man. It's just not cool. So Wayne Newton kept the shit out of him. That's why they kept fighting because Chevy Chase really wanted that that defeat of Wayne Newton. And Wayne Newton, I mean, other than being a great singer and actor, yeah, apparently he used to box like back on the day. I, I don't know, but there's just rumors and things. But he had a hell of a, a hook and a jab and uh, just man, Chevy Chase. You're going to notice he's got a lot of makeup on. And that's not because he's old from all the cocaine abuse and everything. It's just because Wayne Newton just really, really let him have it um, seven times, in fact, throughout filming. Now, someone that Chevy didn't get the chance to kick the shit out of. Uh, was this actor here? If you're gonna see, fast forward a little bit. We got Rusty trying to find a fake ID, and there's this like kind of shady dude uh, on the sidewalk. That actor, you might recognize him. He, uh, if remember the '90s show Pete and Pete, uh, he was Arnie, and uh, you know he was even in a, an episode of Seinfeld too. And so I don't really know his name. I just kept calling him Arnie on set. He was cool with it, and uh, you know he went with it. But he's got a couple minutes here in which he's selling Rusty a fake ID. Russ is going to use that fake ID to do whatever he kid dreams of, and that's win some cars and, uh, you know, become kind of a high roller in these casinos. All the while, his name is Papa Giorgio. Uh, you know, that was not what was in the script. Uh, in the real script, his name was uh, John Smith. And I'm like, that's fucking lame, man. I mean, we can do better than that. So we went with Papa Giorgio uh, just because, I don't know, he doesn't look Italian at all. It's kind of ironic, I guess. One of those, um, you know, paradoxes, I guess you can say. Um, there's also a scene here where Aldrew's going to hang out with the cousin Vicky, um, and they go to the infamous kind of neon graveyard that's outside of Vegas where all the old signs hang out. And, uh, she was, uh, you know, she's going to dance and everything and really get involved in Vicky. Um, I know we had to go for the PG rating here, but I just kept thinking, how can I make, um, Marisol just show more and more of her body because she's so fucking beautiful. So in and, and, and this scene here, she's going to dance. She's going to cut her top a little shorter. And then later on, she's going to get fit for a real tight dress. And uh, it was, she was she was real cool about it. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I kept trying to go less and less. And she was like, hey, you know, whatever gives me more uh, free buffet coupons, uh, I'll do it for. So uh, a great scene. Really enjoy her acting. though. She's a great actress. She deserves some rewards for this. And, um, you know, I remember a lot about her. So, uh, yeah, my shift starts soon. In fact, my, my, my boss has called me, so I, I got to get going here. But, uh, you know, I don't want to end without telling you some, uh, you know, some, some stuff about the later half of the movie here. Um, I'm going to fast forward to a scene in which Clark is playing Blackjack uh, with uh, a great actor. He's in a lot of stuff, especially for kids' movies, but his name is Wallace Shawn. He played Marty, uh, the kind of Vegas dealer that just keeps busting his chops. Uh, he was so much fun to have on set. It's real funny. He has a real high-pitched laugh. And he did kept doing it for us, and Chevy just like said, "No, man, you gotta stop doing that." And and Wallace was like, "Nah, I'm gonna do it." So then I got another brawl. Wallace being only about like four foot seven, and uh, Chevy Chase being about six foot six, it was a real interesting fight. I mean, it was like a giraffe fight with a hyena. Uh, the hyena won in this case, though. Uh, uh, Wallace just kept kind of going for the balls because uh, that was about his his eye. Uh, view there about the same height so he just kept hitting him testicle after testicle punch and uh, got Chevy jam and it, it was a great it was a great scene to watch and you know after that Chevy wore a, one of those jock strap protective cups uh, you know make sure his balls were okay for the rest of filming 
Um, we're also going to, right after this, he's going to be uh, bumping into his wife, Helen, with Wayne Newton. This was another one of those fights in which Chevy and Wayne Newton went at it. Uh, at this point, Chevy did have his protective cup on, so I knew there's low blows. Wayne couldn't really get on him, but, you know, Wayne still had that uh, uppercut that, like, you'd seen, like, Mortal Kombat or something. It was real wicked, and uh, Chevy collapsed about three or four times. So you can see a piano in the background of the scene. Uh, in the restaurant and at one point Wayne had Chevy's face in the piano and we were real worried about the strings breaking luckily only like two or three did so if you look closely again there's Chevy's wearing a lot of makeup but you're going to see some kind of scars along his forehead from the breaking of those uh, strings in the piano it was real sweet yo my shift don't start till five man I know I'll be there I'm busy jeez uh, sorry about that. So we return here. I, I fast forward a little bit more to kind of the conflict of the film in which Clark has lost all of his money from gambling and uh, uh, his wife, Helen, hasn't been hanging out in Bowen uh, Wayne Newton. The kids are kind of doing their own thing. We got we got Maricel uh, really learning how to strip and shit. And then Rusty, he's got uh, he's winning all these cars and stuff. You know, every young boy's dream of going to Vegas. One of my favorites, though, here is uh, when Clark gets so desperate, he's got no money, so he's got to go to the uh, the cheap buffet with Cousin Eddie. Uh, this is the actual buffet that's at the Excalibur, one of the cheaper hotels in the region there. And um, the, there, there's a part where they're showing a, a glob of, like, blue shit and, like, a glob of yellow shit. And uh, it says beef and chicken. Like, well, wh which one's which? Uh, that is the actual menu on the buffet at the Excalibur. Uh, luckily, that labels there, so we knew. But we did. Uh, we ate there that day because we filmed and gave them a little shout out. Excalibur gave us all some free buffet tickets, which was sweet of them. Uh, unfortunately, about seventeen crew members uh, got violently ill that night, uh, including. Randy Quaid, uh, because he kept just going back to that blue stuff and just eating it over and over and over. And uh, because of that, we had to cut filming for like a day or two just so everyone could stop shitting themselves. Uh, but, you know, it was a, it was worth it. It was a great scene, one of the funniest scenes in the film. And, uh, you know, kind of just brings that story together again of how desperate Clark has become. And so, we, you know, he's stuck at the shitty hotel and shitty buffet. The writers wanted Cousin Eddie to be kind of a hero. So we have this little backstory here that he has a bunch of uh, money buried in this backyard. And they dig it up to help Clark out. So they go to this real shady casino. Uh, this particular casino is uh, uh, a real one. If you go to Circus Circus on the strip, it's not actually Circus Circus. It's in like the, like the back alley behind it. Um, you know, there's a bunch of like hookers and crack dealers back there. So we had to push him aside to get the shot of the front view. Um, but once you go into the hotel, that's the real hotel. And so they're really cool. They had some games like rock, paper, scissors, and, uh, guess a number from one to 10. I lost, uh, I personally played some games with those really cool hotel or and, and casino. So, um, uh, I, I, I went to the coin toss and put down a good, like 30 or 40 bucks just kept losing. Uh, God damn it. I guess statistically speaking, you should go with heads. I kept picking tails. I don't know. Uh, but Regardless, back to the movie itself, though, Clark's going to lose all of this money as well. And so he kind of just hits rock bottom and decides, you know what? Uh, it's just not worth it, man. So I got to get my family back and I'm going to do it by showing up to Wayne Newton's house. Uh, pretty sweet gig. Um, a couple other fun things. The people who are in this casino scene here playing, pick a number of one attendant things. Uh, they are just real patrons. We had to get them to sign releases and shit. But they kept looking at the camera. And that ruined shots, you can't have people looking at the camera. So Chevy Chase, uh, to teach them a lesson, went up and slapped each of them. 
And uh, they learn quickly. I got to tell you, when you have a, a six foot seven actor just slap the shit out of you, you stop looking at the camera real quick. So uh, that's why the scene does eventually work out really nicely. And uh, everyone just you know makes a, a great appearance and behave themselves. Thanks, Chevy. Yo, Ma, I told you I'm not going to be here tonight. I got to work. Yeah, save some leftovers for me. Jeez. We're at the scene now where in which Clark's going to kind of go back to his family and save the day, blah, 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 blah. Uh, there's a scene in which we filmed at Wayne Newton's house. We said, look, if we're going to give you $5 million. You got to at least give us like, you know, a scene or two in your house. So this is really Wayne Newton's house uh, in Vegas. Uh, they had his house uh, housekeeper. Her name was uh, Tatiana. And uh, she made some pasta for this scene. It was really good pasta. In fact, we use this for filming. But afterwards, a lot of the crew had to share it. Again, we're kind of low on some buffet coupons and didn't have any and any funding for the food. So we all shared those two bowls of pasta. She had some leftovers too, which is real nice. She put in some Tupperware for us and we took back to the, the Tropicana. Uh, the scene in which here the uh, tour bus that, that Clark is driving is going to run into Wayne Newton's house. This was supposed to be a stunt, and uh, we would build a fake set of Wayne Newton's house. Unfortunately, we ran out of money, and uh, we didn't tell Wayne Newton, but we just kind of filmed and crashed it through uh, his uh, his side. It's kind of a guest house where we filmed them. Wayne was fucking pissed. If you look at his face, he's uh, he seems really upset about this, but... <clears throat> In actuality, he really was uh, because we crashed through his side uh, wall of his guest house and he's upset about it. So we said, hey, man, we gave you five million dollars. You figure it out. And he's got good insurance anyway, so we didn't really worry about it too much. But it's a good climactic scene in which Clark saves the day, gets his wife back. He's got a little spaghetti on her shoulder. Um, <clears throat> that was, was supposed to be a joke, having the spaghetti on her shoulder for the next scene or two. Unfortunately, you're going to see later that the Spade just disappears because uh, people kept chasing her. They're so desperate and hungry and starving that uh, they needed food. So they kept chasing her to get that spaghetti to eat. And so we're like, ah, oh, fuck it. So we, you know, we throw it to some of the, the grips and uh, some of the tech guys. And uh, we, uh, we just continue to film without the spaghetti. So you got Clark saving the day. He gets his family black. Um, Maricel's looking great in that red dress, got to tell you. And uh, we have this final scene here in which uh, they need to <clears throat> get all their money back. They got like 10 bucks. And so they're going to go play Keno. Uh, in there, we have a uh, an old star, Sid Caesar. Uh, I remember my grandmother telling me something about Sid Caesar back in like the 40s or 20s or something. I don't know. Uh, but that apparently is a big deal. And, uh, you know, we just had to pay him some Cuban cigars. We got a shipment of them uh, as a sign of a celebration and we didn't have any money to pay him. So we're like, hey, you know, here, have a box of Cuban. So he's like, yeah, 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 that's cool. You know, whatever. So here we are. Uh, they're going to play some Kino. They're going to lose. But Sid Caesar wins. And because he uh, has never had a family and this family talks him and invites him to be their own. It's a nice kind of wholesome story. Sid's going to drop the ticket, uh, die, and then they're going to get their money back. Kind of ridiculous, if you ask me. Uh, I'm pretty sure that the guy who wrote this scene was really stoned out of his mind. I know I was stoned out of my mind when I filmed it. Uh, so it doesn't really make a lot of sense that this is possible. But, you know, he's going to die. He's going to leave the ticket for him. Somehow he winks at him, too. Uh, I don't know if that's biologically proven that when you die. I, I know that sometimes, like, you're if you cut a chicken head off, the chicken will keep running around. So maybe if you die and you're winking, that you continue to wink. 
Uh, that's just what I went with. So he's going to wink at him, tell him to get the ticket, and the family's going to get their money back in order to go home. So this is really just a good, it's a good moral story. It's a good family bonding story. You know, it's PG. Uh, we don't say cock or anything in it, which Chevy really was trying to push for. Uh, but it's a, it's, a, it's a good lesson for you, it's a, and it was a fun to film and everything. At the end here, Clark looks real rough because he's desperate. He's out of money and everything. And uh, just want to let you know that that is the real Chevy Chase. We didn't really put any makeup or anything on it for this one. And that's because he got a, a, another fist fight. This time with Sid Caesar, who Sid at the time was like 85 years old. And uh, I got to tell you, that man uh, still has some, some might to him, some uh, you know piss and vinegar in his veins. And, uh, man, he really let Chevy have it. It was great. So uh, we were running low on budget for makeup as well. So we just said, hey, we beat the shit out of him so he looks rough. And this is the the real face of Chevy Chase after that fight. Not too bad. Sid let him have it kind of lightly. But it was a nice little trick that we did here. Uh, we're at the end of the film. They save the day. They go out. Uh, Chevy, or sorry, Clark and Helen get remarried. They throw rice at each other. Really like that rice scene where Chevy gets in his face. Uh, that was not the actor who did that. In fact, it was the set and crew and everything just kind of saying, hey, get the fuck out, Chevy. And then they uh, they drive away with their four different vehicles uh, that Papa Giorgio or their son won illegally. Uh, you have to kind of suspend some some idea here that they would, you know, check a real ID slash uh, be able to put registration in his name and everything. But it's a kid's comedy uh, you know, you're allowed to do that with kids comedy. I learned, I learned a lot of things from this film as it's kind of finishing up afterwards. I thought this would be my big break and I could start doing some bigger things like uh, the Harry Potters and shit. And to be honest with you, after that came out, the movie didn't do very well, didn't make a lot of money. And, uh, because of that, they're like, yeah, no more of these vacation movies. And, uh, what's, we got to keep Chevy Chase away from just from filming in general. He's just too aggressive. Uh, the other actors and actresses kind of moved on and did some stuff here and there. Uh, Maricel and I did go in fact go on a date and uh, she thought I was real creepy. So uh, we didn't go very far or anything, but I'm kind of pissed. because I mean, I took her to the Olive Garden and uh, we went to a movie afterwards and she kept saying, hey, keep your hands off me. And, and I'm just like, hey, you know, I'm a director. And honestly, I am a director. I directed this film. It is my finest film because it's my only film. And uh, one day, you know, I hope this becomes a cult classic and people look back and be like, hey, this is like, uh, you know, the Twilight Zone or those, uh, you know, the killer clowns from outer space movies where this just becomes like a cult classic that they show at midnight. And then I become a star again and become a wanted director. And I finally do get to do one of those Harry Potter films. Uh, I think they're all done, though. So maybe when they like redo the Harry Potters for like a second time around, uh, they can hire me. In the meantime, though, I'm doing well. Don't worry about me. Uh, I do have to get to my shift, though. Uh, the boss is just real hagging me here. And, uh, you know, if I deliver enough pizzas in my shift, I get, like, some free breadsticks out of it. So, you know, it's real helpful and everything. But thanks for uh, thanks for sticking around and listening to me again. I'm Stephen Kessler. I uh, directed this uh, fantastic film, Vegas Vacation. And, uh, you know, why don't you buy it? And, uh, you know, on Amazon, maybe multiple times, give us some good reviews. Why don't you go to your local cinema and be like, hey, show this at midnight. Let's let's make this a call classic. That way I, Stephen Kessler, become a star again and become one of the finest directors in history. Because I've got a lot of potential. i got a lot of potential. Take it easy. Stephen, do you tell those people the truth about Chevy Chase? Ma, I gotta go. No, these people deserve to know the truth. Chevy Chase said that he was gonna fuck your grandmother. Ma, it's not part of the podcast. It's fine.
No. He said he's going to fuck your grandmother up the ass. He's going to fuck me in the mouth. I mean, what does that even mean? How do you do that? Ma, look, it doesn't matter. I got to go to work. All right, we got to end this podcast. No. These people deserve to know the truth about Chevy Chase and how much of a peg he is.